Welcome to From the Stretch. I am your host, Cade Walker, joined by my esteemed colleague, teammate, and friend, Will Martin. How's it going, everyone? All right, today we'll be talking about in our uh, pilot episode uh, the new format for the playoffs proposed by uh, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred, uh, whether the DH or designated hitter is going to be happening in the National League, and the Rockies offseason that's happened so far. Yeah, so before we jump into these topics, let's just introduce ourselves real quick. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, like I said, I'm Cade Walker. Uh, I run a site. It's called Nug Love. I write about the Nuggets. Uh, but admittedly, I am definitely mostly a baseball guy. I went to the baseball winter meetings in uh, December in San Diego as a credentialed media member. Uh, conducted a couple interviews there. So, baseball is definitely my uh, my forte. Yeah, and again, I'm Will Martin. Uh, I haven't really had as much experience with Cade, but I do seem to have a few more connections. I know quite a few people uh, related to current MLB players, uh, talked to them before, tried to set up interviews, uh, write uh, write papers uh, or articles about them, and just wanted to get into the business about talking baseball. Sweet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, so let's jump into our first topic. All right. So what do you think about the new playoff format? I think it is really just, it's, it belongs in the trash can. It is just, it, it's an interesting ploy by Manfred to try and get more fans in the seats, uh, to try and get a younger generation interested in wanting to watch professional baseball. It, I don't see it lasting, if it, but if it does, I will be very, very shocked. Yeah, I think it seems really gimmicky. Yeah. Uh, did you see what Trevor Bauer talked about regarding this? I did. That he really uh, did well calling out Manfred with uh, the whole situation. It if players are being very active about it within hours of it being announced, then that just says how bad of an idea it is. Yeah, and Trevor Bauer is definitely one of those guys who's more outspoken about uh, issues in the in the MLB today, and I think he's right here. Is uh, the problem with the MLB isn't necessarily a playoff format. I don't think it's going to fix the problems that the MLB has in terms of uh, its viewership going down. I think it, he he's Trevor Bauer was right. Says maybe it could create some more short term. Uh, like a band-aid to, to the problem that we're having now but long term you're turning away fans uh, a whole generation of fans is what Trevor Bauer said specifically is that if you keep if you incentivize players to keep playing baseball you're going to create fans for life oh, yeah. and the way you do that isn't necessarily to change the league as it is is that MLB has a serious marketing problem right now is that Mike Trout isn't necessarily a household name like LeBron James is or Tom Brady is. No, they don't they don't do enough to market him. Yeah, they put him in the token commercial every offseason, but that isn't enough for like the younger kids. Like they need to do more stuff with him to get his name out there like oh, everyone wants to be like uh, LeBron for basketball or Kobe, nah, but everyone playing baseball, they need to know the name Mike Trout. Mike Trout is potentially the greatest baseball player of all time. That's oh, it's, I agree. It's, yeah, definitely, it's, it's definitely within the cards for him. Yeah, he's not even twenty nine yet. No, no, he's still in the prime of his career, and like still, not many people know who he is. Like besides a lot of the L.A. market, like where he plays and where he's from with the East Coast, but. And obviously the people who actually truly care about the game of baseball, but not everyone still knows who he is. And yeah. that needs to change. Yeah, he needs to be. like every Everyone across 
like not not only in the United States because I think a lot of people, I'd say majority of Americans know who Mike Trout is, but yeah. like worldwide, everyone knows who LeBron James is. Everyone oh, yeah. knows who Kobe Bryant is. Yeah. And baseball might even be a more international sport than even basketball. Yeah. So it's it's That's criminal. A hot take. No, it, it's actually not. I don't think it's a hot take. Uh, it, at least in terms of, like in China, definitely yeah. baseball's more. But in in Latin American countries, oh yeah, um, in Japan, yeah. I think baseball has it, at least yeah. more players worldwide. Uh, <clears throat> regardless, my my point is that it's criminal that Mike Trout isn't a worldwide household name. No, no, obviously, yeah, of course. But uh, like again, trying to get back on topic uh, with the playoff format, like how they market it. Uh, the expansion i really think won't help that much like it's yeah it works for the nba uh but the way it is set up right now for baseball i think it it works like it's a good system like yeah the wild card game not many people tune into it but for it's the people that do it stakes on the line like go big go home it puts fans in the seats and it puts players on the edge. Like it works. Yeah, the wild card game is certainly an exciting event, yeah. um, and and it definitely works. I I do remember when they changed that, yeah. um, a couple years ago, and that yeah. was, I, I think it was a welcome move because, um, you added one more team into the playoffs, yeah. uh, but you gave the that extra team a, a fair chance to compete. Yeah. Uh, because four teams probably not enough to make it in. No, no, obviously, yeah. I think five is fair, but. Seven, seven is the new proposal, right? Yeah, and that's that's too many. Yeah, then, you, then you're gonna get teams like like the Mariners. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, no, not the Mariners. I'd say the Rays would actually be on the doorstep uh, for the AL. Yeah, I think the Rays are gonna make the playoffs. Oh, uh, definitely this year, anyways, with a sixty million dollar payroll. <laughs> well, they did have more uh, off-season acquisitions than the Rockies, so they're so already... did everyone. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right, but yeah, with the new format, though, with the elimination of the wild card game and the hottest take of it all for Manfred, elimin- like, uh, opponents getting to choose who they play. Wow. That, that's, that can't happen. I don't know if I see the point of that. I mean either. I just think it is just, Rob, go sit in the corner. You're in timeout. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Bauer's tweet was... Uh, again, a little bit, a little bit strong. Uh, but he basically told Manfred, if you think that this is a serious proposal, then you really don't know baseball. No, not at all. Like, uh, for him to like come in after Bud Selig, that was a serious letdown. Like, in my opinion, it, it's just rough to see what he's tried to do for the game over the last few years. It's it's appalling, really. Yeah, and everything that he's done with like like the baseball too has been frustrating and. Uh, the handling of the the whole Astro situation might have been questionable. It was uh, very questionable. Yeah, so I mean, he's ah, man, he leaves a lot to be desired for the commissioner of the greatest sport on the planet. That yeah, yeah, he is really uh spinning. He's really writing his own story right now, and it's not turned out to be a good one. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, how the playoff format would be, uh, the division winners. Uh, how would like they get to also pick their opponents like the higher seed i get that but does that mean the higher seeds get to pick their opponents and also the division winners like how does that work like well i think they choose it in order of 
oh, okay. of like record, I think. So it, the priority goes to the division winners, and yes. whoever has the best record gets first pick, basically. Okay, so kind of like, like a, a lottery draft. It's like a draft. Oh, my God. Okay, wow. This They're really trying to... Wow, Manfred. Okay, that's that. that is the hottest take so far. Yeah, I mean, it's creative uh, it, at best. That's for sure. Yeah, no, it, that's a that's a way to put it. Creative. It's creative. Yeah. But it's it doesn't really solve anything. No. And I don't see the point. Me but, neither. Yeah, and and <laughs> players aren't responding to it very well. No, as they should. They should not be for this at all. It is uh, if it is implemented in the next few years, I could see a player strike happening. I mean, man, that's that's an interesting topic with the uh, the CBA coming up, the collective bargaining agreement. There, <laughs> there might be some issues there, anyways. But. Oh yeah, no, but this would be icing on the cake, in my opinion, just uh, how it would uh, come about. Because with the issues that Manfred has proposed in the past, like this would be just the top of it. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see Manfred um, leave his position as commissioner sooner than later. Yeah, only one can hope. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so moving on. National League DH. What do you think about that? I like it. Uh, you know, I was opposed to it at first. Yeah. Like when I first heard about it, I'm like, I don't like that. I like the differences in the league. But you know, you know who this would really benefit? Who? The Colorado Rockies. That yes, <laughs> yes, that is true. That uh, who would you see being the DH? <laughs> Blackman? Oh, absolutely, 100% Charlie Blackman. That yes. man, I'm, I'm sorry to all Charlie Blackman fans, <laughs> that man is a worthless defender. He, I feel like everybody knows it, but no, he's he's yeah. he has not very much range. No, even for somewhat of a fast guy, no. he doesn't have much range. Well, his speed has gone down over the last few yeah, years. Yeah, it, like, it definitely he, has. He definitely tanked when he had that 40 stolen base season. I think that pretty much just ran the last remaining juice out of his legs. Like it. It pretty much killed his run game after that. You haven't seen him finish above 20 stolen bases since then, and that was, what, three or four years ago? Yeah, no, he hasn't been an above-average base stealer for quite a while. I mean, all, but, I mean defensively, the dude, yeah. he, he has a hard time reading the ball. Well, uh, he, his, but his he gets decent jumps. Like, that's what keeps him around in the outfield is his jump is better than a lot of people think. Um, well, I tend to disagree with that. Okay, uh, all right. So I'm, I'm into advanced statistics, right? Yeah. Um, and every, essentially every defensive metric, UZR, uh, ultimate yeah. zone rating, is uh, one of the most popular, at least for outfielders. Yeah. He's it's significantly a negative player in the outfield by, by that metric. Defensive run saved, which I, is still a good metric for outfielders yeah. as well. Um, so baseball saving uh, is a website and it uses a lot of tracking data so it, it actually literally tracks how, how much ground outfielders cover and Charlie Blackman is very very low um, in that ranking as well uh, he's not he's not an above average defender no, no, by any means I'm actually gonna uh, I mean I do agree with you saying that he his defense has like it's not the best especially for how big of an outfield the Coors Field has it he, it needs to be better, that's for sure. But I definitely agree with you that Blackman would be our DH. That he would 100% fit in that role perfectly. He his game would just improve. Like, and I'm, I really hope he gets implemented soon while he is a Rocky because I do not want to see him take off with an American League team as a DH in the future because that would just 
It would uh, be heartbreaking. It would, for sure. But I I do like the DH for the National League because it would create more opportunities for guys like Chris Carter, Tommy Joseph, uh, Justin Bohr, all guys who uh, are out of the league and playing either in Mexico in the Mexican League or overseas in Japan and Korea. Those guys, like, they're all... They were all they all came in the league as first baseman, but their defense was just god awful. But they knew how to hit the ball. Like Chris Carter, yeah, he led the league in strikeouts, but he also his last year in baseball let, tied the National League with Nolan Arenado in home runs with forty one. The dude can just flat out mash. Like Tommy Joseph too, he originally came up as a catcher but moved to first base because the dude's just so big and slow, like he couldn't really move. But he could hit the ball as well. Like, he knew what he was doing. Same with Justin Bohr, like, just the big old first baseman who came up with the Marlins. But those guys, they're your prototypical DH who I see if the National League implements the DH, they would find a job in the in a season. Yeah, so I think, I think with the MLB moving away from the 40-man roster spot in September yeah. and moving just to a full-time 26-man roster, yeah. I think that extra spot as a full-time 26-man roster does give opportunity for a potentially a position player yeah. to uh, take that last spot like a Jason Giambi type guy oh yeah <clears throat> just the guy that comes off the bench and just does his job and then well, goes well at that point if you have it if you have a DH in the National League I mean he's not really a bench no, player no no he's, he's just, the he just, he's just, the everyday guy who hits baseballs and he, he just sits on the bench yeah yep. uh something I did want to point out regarding Charlie Blackman uh baseball savant has him in outs above average which measures his range uh, okay. in the third percentile oh I'm guessing um, that is not good at all not good well it's oh, it's boy. it's on a one to a hundred scale oh uh-huh. so that is horrible it's really bad okay wow and, uh, you mentioned his jump yeah. He's in the 10th percentile. Never mind. Okay, I stand corrected. I'm. Thank you for pointing that out. Wow. All good. It's, now I know. Hey, 10th percentile is better than third. That's. Uh, hey, I wear my heart in my sleeve, and especially on the back of my jersey when it comes to the Rockies. I'm all for him. Gotta, gotta respect. I love Charlie Blackman. Oh, so do Dude I. Dude just can't feel it anymore. No. But he still rakes. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, but I think with the DH being added, how would it affect pitching rotations? Like, would they jump with the American League like one less guy in the bullpen, or do you think it'd stay the same? Uh, well, like I mentioned with the the additional okay. roster spot, yeah. uh, so I think what the what the MLB said was that you can't use that extra roster spot on a pitcher. Really? Okay. So that might indicate that they're even trying to put in a DH anyways um, okay. in the National League. Makes sense. So. I thought 26 roster spot might just be for DHs, wow. at least in the National League. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that would that would benefit a lot, really. It fits perfectly, I think, yeah. with, the, with the timeline of their of, yeah. of their agenda. So. Yeah. All right. Now for the thing we care most about: Rockies offseason. Jeff Breidich. Yes, that's one part of it. But the offseason has just been so miserable for them. It it's been hard to watch. It's like seeing the best acquisition we've had. Tyler Kinley from the Marlins. Uh, I've heard of him before out of the bullpen for them, but not very good things. Like, yeah, he's just Wait, a middle reliever. Are you saying our best acquisition was not Ubaldo Jimenez? Yes, I am saying that because uh, Tyler Kinley has actually played in the big leagues over the last two years. <laughs> but it, he, uh, yeah, he's a middle relief guy, but that. That's all that seems Breidich and the Monforts has seemed to do the last few seasons, 
off seasons. Add a middle reliever who has done decently before, but just come to Colorado and fizzled out and not had it. Like Mike Dunn retired about two and a half weeks ago because of like, yeah, he didn't have a good career to begin with, but he was just that bullpen guy that was reliable. Came to Colorado, fizzled out, and like he ended his career on a high note, ending it how he wanted to and playing in a town that's close to home for him with him growing up in Farmington, New Mexico. But I still think he had maybe a season or two left in him if he didn't come to the Rockies. Like, Yeah, and I mean, you look at Wade Davis as a comparison. Oh, boy. And this dude was dominant. Yes, he he was the closer, one of the top you, five you, closers. In you the, head into the ninth inning with a lead. With Wade Davis sitting in the bullpen, game is over. No, yeah, no, with that, like with that, I wouldn't say Mariano s cutter, but it was up there. It's a good cutter still, but since coming to the Rockies, he's died. Like his career's gone to the graveyard, like all pitchers have. Like guys that don't know how to pitch at Coors Field, it it shows later on in their careers, and it just kind of kills them. Like the Monforts need to do a better job of acquiring making off-season acquisitions that uh, benefit the team in the long run and later on in the careers for the guys that have to come here. Like, it's not a fun thing to do, like have to retire afterwards because, oh, Coors Field killed my career. No one wants me now. Not even overseas leagues want me now. Like, it's, it's hard to see for guys like that. Yeah, um, I mean, it definitely is. And the thing with... <sighs> With pitching at Coors Field, yeah. Uh, so I interviewed Dan O'Dowd, yeah, at the winter meetings, yeah. And I asked him, so how how do you get pitching for Coors Field? And he he said, that's really one of the things that I never figured out. Oh boy. So he said uh, a couple things work at Coors Field is is high fastball velocity, um, <laughs> which is is questionable. That's, yeah, it, that that's a hot take, Dan. That yeah. that is a really hot take. Yeah. Um, tunneling and, and consistent delivery which I okay I mean that's like good in general okay isn't so, every major league pitcher supposed to have a consistent delivery right yeah um, so I mean you know I it's really difficult to actually pinpoint what works at Coors Field but I think something that has worked uh, at least in, in my mind and at least from an observable level is get the ball out of the air yeah um, get it on the ground like Aaron Aaron Cook was decent at that when he was a Rocky back during like when the humidor era was still on the come up like I mean late 2010s I, I mean late 2000s would you call that uh late humidor era yeah sure yeah like he I mean he made the all-star team in 2008 but then again at least one player from a team makes it but Still, for him to have that good of a year as a sinker ball pitcher, like he knew how to command the ball, like keep it down in the zone. Like if we could get more guys like that, like we've tried that again after that, like the project with Kyle Kendrick. Uh, what was he? The 2011, 2012 opening day starter in Milwaukee for us. I man, I don't remember like, that back that far. No, I know, but he was he was like the the reproject that they signed to be the next Aaron Cook, like the prototypical sinker baller that would help us right. in the long run. And, and I think that's what we see with Kyle Freeland in the last two years. Yeah. Uh, something that didn't – he was a soft contact pitcher yeah. in 2018, and he was excellent, and it worked for him. Yeah. Um, and 
he you know he just drew weak contact. Yeah. Uh, the stats he had a twenty four point three percent soft contact rating in two thousand eighteen, which is pretty solid. Yeah. Um, and that fell to 15.6. That's like a 10%. Yeah. 10% of the, the balls that you were getting for soft contact are now being hit much harder. Wow. Yeah, no, that that explains a lot. But see, the difference with Kyle Freeland is, though, compared to a lot of the other pitchers the Rockies have, actually every other one, he grew up in, he grew up in Denver. He knows how to pitch at home. Like I've been saying this before, like before we even got on the air, draft guys that know how to pitch in high in high altitude with no air like guys that grew up in it we have people that have grown up in denver that have had successful careers griffin jacks for the uh, who's a minor leaguer in the mariner system one of their top 30 prospects he went to creek graduated 2013 he knows how to pitch at home like guys like that will help the rockies in the future if we can acquire them yeah i agree with that and there's there's definitely guys that you can target i think guys that that have pitched in colorado before definitely uh yeah. know how to pitch like well like um, even guys that have just grown up here if we can develop pitching like in high school in the denver metro area and there's there talent. Might, yeah, there is plenty of talent. I've seen a lot of it like, in the last few years. Cole Wynn is, is a guy in the Rangers organization. Yeah. He's a top uh, top five prospect for yeah. them, I believe. Now yeah. he would be lights out here. He's not even like necessarily a soft contact guy. The dude chucks ninety seven right now. Yeah, no, but and another he guy. knows how to pitch in Colorado. And another guy the Rangers have Burke, who grew up in Highlands Ranch. Uh, I think he went to Arizona State. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but. Again, he would be good here too. Like guys there's, that there's guys, there's so many guys around the league. There's Brandon Bailey. He's in the uh, he was in the Astros organization. He he got drafted in Rule Five, I think. So I'm not okay. sure where he's at now. Uh, but uh, Brandon Bailey is a guy. Marco Gonzalez for the Mariners yeah. right now. He pitched at Rocky uh, Rocky Mountain High School for yeah under uh, his dad. Yeah, yeah. Like, won state championship four years in a row, right? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Rocky. Yeah, yeah. That that was a powerhouse back in the day. Wow, still is actually. Yeah, uh, Kevin Gosman is another guy that a lot of Rockies fans brought up when he was a free um, agent. Was well, when, when, when he was a free agent, when yeah. all he was also being dangled around the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, but I think, like I said, I think there might be exceptions because Kevin Gosman is a guy with a really, really high fly ball rate. Yeah, no, that's, that's not going to play here. That splitter he throws it, it's hit or miss at times. Like it'll either stay up in the zone or it's his out pitch. Yeah. Like uh, plus uh, paired with the high velo and uh, command issues that every pitcher faces, like it's interesting to see. But I think he, I'm gonna say hot take. I think he would do well as a Rocky. Well, ah uh, man, he's. I mean, I think he's not even that good of a pitcher anymore. So maybe no. I don't know. I maybe mean, maybe in the well, relative coming, coming maybe home relative space, he might be decent. But in a vacuum, I don't think he coming home might us. rejuvenate his career though. It might that's be that's a hot take. Yeah, Pitching at Coors Field, rejuvenating a pitcher's career. Whew. Hey, you never know. Actually, wow. All right, you, it could. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, some someone that I thought that the Rockies could have gone after um, near the trade deadline last year was Marcus Stroman. Obviously, the front office was a little bit asleep around the trade deadline last yeah. year. But Marcus Stroman's a guy who draws weak contact. He creates a lot of ground balls, and he would be successful here because he doesn't get hit hard and he doesn't get high hit in the air. The spin rate's definitely something that helps, uh, but the problem is the air is thinner here. Yeah. So a high spin rate might look only slightly above average at Coors Field. So, I mean, it depends. Like, like Max Scherzer's changeup isn't going to be anywhere near no. like, how much it breaks. Um, it's not going to do well. But, you know, an exception to that was 
Adam Ottavino. That dude can make the ball spin oh, yeah. really well and really effectively here at Coors Field. So, well, yeah. Look, I mean, look at the different arm angles and pass he used to throw his slider. It was just, it looked like a frisbee coming out of his hand with how much it moved. It, it moved. It, it was pretty much the buzzsaw slider as Mariano Rivera's cutter was the buzzsaw cutter. It, and it explains why the Yankees targeted him. He. He's going to be, like, their closer in the future, in my opinion. Well, Wait. it depends on how long Aroldis Chapman has, but, I mean, he True. might be, yeah, he, he might be a long He'll definitely be their setup man this year with the loss of Dylan Batances. Right, yeah, I mean, it depends on if they go between him or Zach Britton, but, I mean, he's he's a, a for sure seven, eight inning guy, yeah. or the seventh or eighth inning guy, and yeah. he's solid, and he's excellent. He just has some command issues. Otherwise, he's one of the best relief pitchers in the game. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Uh what do you think, even, all right, even though he's a non-roster invitee, what do you think the impact of Tim Melville breaking a rib has on the chances of the Rockies rota- uh, pitching rotation? I like, does, actually, it o- does it open up opportunities for guys like uh, Hoffman or Sensatella or, I know you hate him, but Chi-Chi Gonzalez? Um, so I was of the opinion that Tim Melville wasn't really going to crack the rotation anyways. All right. So the top three is sealed. It's going to be John Gray, Kyle Freeland, and Herman Marquez. Obviously. Those, uh, are, those are the top three uh, regardless. Pencil him in right now. Yeah. I think the fourth goes to Peter Lambert. Uh, I, uh, that, in my opinion, I think he needs a little more time in the minors, like, to get... He needs to work on a few things. Like, yeah, he did solid his first few starts in the big leagues, but then again, a lot of rookies do because not scouts don't have a lot of time to figure them out and write down, like, uh, let the teams know what they like to throw and like what their tendencies are. I think he needs to work on that a little bit down in AAA. Uh, work. Uh, who's the AAA manager this year? Uh, they read it's Schaefer now, right? I think so. All right, I think uh, Schaefer needs to get uh, whoever's pitching coaches needs to work uh, with Lambert for the first few weeks, a uh, month or two maybe. Uh, definitely pencil him, though, as the number one down in AAA uh, for the start of the season. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, uh, that's that's his floor, right? Yeah. But I think I honestly think that he should start the season um, um, at the major league level because I think he's just much better no, than no, he's Chichi Gonzalez. Good. I think he's better than... Uh, I think he's better than Sensatella. I know, um, but... Uh, I think all three of those players are better than Tim Melville. Yeah, but look at this from this perspective. Lambert still has a lot of options left. Uh, guys like Sensatella, uh, Hoffman, and Gonzalez are running out of time. Like, if they don't crack the rotation, they're pretty much done. They'll, like, sign minor league deals uh, elsewhere, but they won't crack rotations. Like, I do like Chi-Chi because he did finish the year off strong. His last three or four starts, he was superb like the guy the Rockies wanted to bring in like the guy that uh was so good at um where did he play Old Dominion no uh shoot I can't remember where he played in college but he was just the guy in the Summit League like uh when he played there but uh that wipeout slider he has like he just needs to work on his command a little bit more with that pitch because like yeah uh he uses it too much in my opinion but other than that he he gets good contact. His uh, fast. He uses more of a two-seam fastball, which moves a lot, and gets ground ball outs. But his slider, he's too typical with it, and gets he, he. That's why he walks so many guys is because he throws it too much. On that note, regarding his fastball spin, baseball savant has his fastball spin in the 88th percentile, which is excellent. See what I mean? 
His... Like if he just needs to work on his command with his slider, which he throws too much. Yeah, it's a great pitch for him, but no, he needs to stray away from it. Start throwing other off-speed pitches. Like needs to work on his changeup. I've, I saw it a few times last year. It's a, it's a league average pitch, but it needs to be better. Yeah, uh, looking at his peripherals, he, he, man, they're not great. No. Right? Um, but he he has a lot of spin on his fastball, which yeah. which might play at Coors Field, you know. Yeah. But and it's better than Antonio Sensatella's. That that dude has he's like no he has a flat it, fastball. It's, it's bad. Yeah, it, he, it's flat. Yeah. And looking at peripherals, Peter Lambert, he's like 50th percentile in velocity, 50th percentile in spin. Um, literally none of these pitchers can't like have a high strikeout rate which is no which is really disappointing because it's yeah. something that you'd prefer to have at at Coors Field yeah yeah so but I will continue to uh root for Chi Chi because his last start against the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium Chavez Ravine against one of the hottest lineups in baseball shuts him down pretty much just delivers a masterful performance to end the season. And that's why I think he needs to at least be considered uh, for the fifth spot. Like, yeah, I think, I think all the, the other numbers suggest that he's probably best for fifth spot. I don't like yeah. him still. No, I, don't, I know I, you don't. I, I don't. <laughs> he's like a Band-Aid play for me. Uh, I mean, like, you, you play him and just hope somebody else. Yeah, no, appears, I, which is I will what, continue to root for him. And ho- like I will wear you down until you're like, okay, maybe this guy can stay around for a while. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't see him being effective. I mean, he's going to be uh, significantly below average. Uh, right. I think that fifth or fourth spot should have been taken by Lambert. And maybe the, the, the other spot could have been taken by a free agent. But, you know, we don't sign those. Yeah, no, we don't. I mean, that's why we have an F in the offseason grade book. Yeah. Well, only other team, by the way, to get that is the Astros. You know, the team that uh, cheated their way to the World Series. But uh, that's just how it goes, apparently, uh, if you're a Rockies fan. Just constant disappointment when it comes to offseason acquisitions. All right. But do you think, though, with the signing of Ubaldo Jimenez, he is able to compete for a spot in the rotation? Like, uh, just anywhere. Bullpen, rotation. Do you think he lands a spot? No, he's like one of those one of those guys that you bring on like a like a Matt Holiday when he was forty or a Ryan Howard when he was forty that you just bring on to like I, I try to appease the fans. I I don't yeah, really like, know and like, like try and be a leader like in the clubhouse like help the younger guys again like Lambert Senzatella like figure out how to pitch at Coors. Yeah, I don't even think I don't even think Ubaldo's a good clubhouse guy. The dude was. I remember a game the the Orioles played against the the Rockies in interleague play. Really? Um, when Ubaldo threw at Troy Tulowitzki, so he's I mean he's not like a great guy. I don't think he even got along with the front office very well. No, not a lot of people did with the Rockies. Like going off of Troy Tulowitzki, they didn't even tell him he was being traded. Like it, it just happened. Yeah, a funny story I heard from uh, one of the I forgot his name. He writes for MLB.com for the Rockies. Okay, yeah. Um, but he he told the story. Um, Larry Walker got traded twice. Really? Yeah, but he had a trade clause, so he got traded somewhere. I forgot who. It was. I think it was the Rangers. Oh no! And his career would have. They're like, hey, you're you being traded. He's like, no, I'm. I have a no trade clause, so no. <laughs> <laughs> so he he gets traded. Uh, like that was that was the off season. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets traded at the deadline to the Cardinals, and he he went there. But yeah, no, he. The, the, the Rockies in there, no trade clauses. 
uh, they they don't know how to it's appease be, their stars. No, it's gonna be a it's gonna be interesting in the next few years uh, with Nolan, or even in the next few months, probably with the way that him and uh, Breidich have been going along with it. It's uh, Breidich's comments even last night I saw on the news. No comment to the whole situation. That he's digging his own grave with that one, especially that that one's gonna be stuck in Nolan's craw for a while it's going to be in the back of his mind it it's going to shape how the season goes really for the Rockies with Nolan like I I I hate to say it but I think he will ask for a trade by the trade deadline yeah that's it's seeming more and more likely as we hear more about this situation because Breidich doesn't he doesn't have good communication with no. him. Um, Nolan Arnauto said that he's disrespected him. Yeah. And I think the disrespect came from uh, when Nolan Arnauto, they, they basically came to Nolan Arnauto. They said, all right, let's sign an extension. We're going to give you all this money. We're going to build a team around you to compete because we know you care about winning. Yeah. And Nolan Arnauto, this dude, we've seen him before. Like um, the, the year before we made the playoffs in, I think, was it 16? Yeah. No, um, seventeen. Or, sorry, seventeen. Yeah. yeah. In in two thousand sixteen, he was he, he fumed. He was yeah. mad because he wasn't making the playoffs. And near the end of the uh, near the end of the season last year, this last season, he uh, told, I believe it was Patrick Saunders off the record. He said, "It feels like we're in a rebuild." So, it's it's concerning to see that his attitude is negative towards the moves at the front of the lack of moves that the front office has made but it's also justified because the front office hasn't made any attempts to improve the roster at he, all dick momfer and jeff bredich are banking on so many things falling in line they're banking on kyle freeland returning to form they're banking on herman marquez returning to his his ace-like form they're banking on john gray being healthy finally and delivering that ace-like season that they hoped for when they drafted him third overall out of oklahoma right i, I think that's probably the most likely out of the three but even still that's not even guaranteed no no, no, like, uh, like with the injuries he's had, like, even when the seasons were like he was good, or it's just blanketed his career. Like he could be like one of those uh, three guys, like one of the top three guys in any rotation. But just with the injuries that have happened, like it's it's heartbreaking to see for him, like especially with how good he is at Coors Field and with the Rockies. Yeah, and they're banking on Wade Davis returning to form because I, I believe that they just named him the closer again. That, no, which no, that shouldn't. It, it's concerning. It, it needs to be Scott Oberg. I believe, I, I think that they should run a platoon. They should run Scott Oberg at Coors and Wade Davis at uh, away because yeah. Wade Davis was unbelievable away from Coors Field. Oh, yeah, well, then again, a lot of horrendous. At Coors Field, and Scott Oberg could pitch at Coors Field, and Wade Davis can't. That's just how it is. Yeah, and even then, uh, with that, I say uh, platoon uh, setup man. Then uh, either who had a better uh, season at home, Jairo Diaz or Carlos Estevez? I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I believe I believe it was Estevez. Yeah, definitely run him then at home as the setup guy for Oberg, and then Diaz on the road because. I think that would be a good fit for the Rockies. Like, like both guys, they're hard-throwing, good, good wipeout sliders. They would complement the Oberg-Davis uh, setup well. I think so. The problem there is that Bud Black, I love Bud Black. Oh, yeah, so Good do I. dude, good clubhouse dude. He's not, he's not progressive. <laughs> and in terms of 
baseball and and how baseball is moving. We're moving towards into a numbers analytics era. Yeah. And the Rays, the Athletics, they have way lower payrolls than the Rockies, but they're able to find more success well, because yeah, they plug and play. Right. Like, uh, Billy Bean has done that for a number of years, and for them to make Moneyball and show that this is going to be the future of baseball, like it's it made a few teams realize, but not all of them. Like there are still a lot of managers and clubs out there that view sabermetrics as a fad that will die out eventually, which is just wrong. Like I need to educate myself even on all this. Like it's going to be the future of baseball, and I want to educate myself. I want to learn. But wow, it is just a lot of numbers to throw it, at you. It's definitely a lot, but I mean. In game decisions like bullpens and platoons, that's not even, I don't think that's even that difficult. Let's look at the common denominator between the Rays, the Athletics, and the Brewers. Or, sorry, the Rays, the Twins, and the Brewers, and, and the Athletics actually as well. Yeah. All of them have top managers. Yeah. Uh, the Rays younger have. Younger guys, too. Younger guys, exactly. Well, well the, the Athletics have Bob Melvin, and he's an older guy, but, but I think. He, he's still progressive with the right. trend. Yeah, because Billy Bean uh, is over there, and he basically tells him what to do. But, Which works. Yeah, the Rays have Kevin Cash. The Twins have Rocco Baldelli. Great. Uh, I love Rocco Baldelli. He's an excellent, excellent manager. Like, but his path to being, like, even as a player to being a manager, still chokes me up sometimes with what he's had to go through. But yeah. for first year as a manager, a hundred, a hundred plus wins, extension right now. Brilliant. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, and and the Brewers have Craig Council, and he was one of the best managers in the league as well. Yeah. So definitely, I mean, you have you have these guys, and they're progressive, and they they use different strategies. Like Aaron Boone with the Yankees used a, a million different lineups this year. Oh yeah. He used so many different combinations because well, he, he had was guys injured with it. Right? And he, and he had guys injured. Right. Like he had all those like even with all the injuries the Yankees were so excellent last yeah. year. And a lot of that has to do with their payroll, but Giancarlo Stanton was is like a huge chunk of their payroll. He was on IR for or him and IL him and while, Judge so. were Yeah, yeah, they both missed time. Yeah. So they make do um Definitely. Well, especially uh, well like the Rays they have a like half the payroll that the Rockies do and they they won way more games and it's a lot of it does have to do with the front office I think most of it has to do with the front office but a lot of it has to do with uh, the managing as well yeah. uh, the managing of the bullpen the managing of the lineups and changing the matchups like like I wish we, we could have gotten a guy like Eric Thames platooned him love with, Eric Thames. with like Ian Desmond Eric, Ian Desmond kills lefties can't hit against right-handed pitchers no and and uh, opposite for Eric Thames so if you platoon those guys like you you create a essentially one player that takes up two roster spots that is significantly above average all right but what do you do with Daniel Murphy then get rid of him well you you don't really know what he's gonna do but the thing with Daniel Murphy is he can play two positions yeah so. uh, well I mean oh also if there's a DH you don't need to worry about that well <laughs> throw back to that We've got, we've got so many guys that could just be a DH. It doesn't even matter at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, there's plenty of different ways to approach managing and that strategy. And as much as I love Bud Black as a culture guy, I don't necessarily think he is the best manager for the Rockies because the Rockies need somebody progressive yeah. to manage the bullpen uh, better, more efficiently, and, and adjust the lineup in a more strategic fashion. And you don't even need to be super advanced in analytics to do that, even though I think the Rockies have failed in that aspect yeah. because they have a really small analytics team and they're not very they're they, not they need good. to improve. They're not good. And yeah. especially with something like Coors Field, you need a competent and 
comprehensive analytics team to make those adjustments to acquire those yep. players and, and to make suggestions to the managers regarding the platoons and in both the bullpen and the lineups. It, it, and right. I think that's probably the number one problem with the Rockies is that they are too complacent with the current staff that they have analytically and, and coaching-wise. coaching, coaching wise. Going off of that, who would you like to see then uh, if, God forbid, the timer rises? Because I do love Bud Black as well, but who would you like to see be named new manager that is with that progressive analytics style that would help vault the Rockies to be a team like the Rays or the A's or the uh, Twins? Let's see here. Um, man, I, I'm not really 100% sure on the, on the candidates that are available. Um, yeah, it's I mean, slim pickings at this point. I mean, hiring former players is always a good a good option because like like Aaron Boone and, yeah. and Alex Cora were, were guys that yeah. uh, that do that job um, really well. And I think Carlos Beltran would have been a great guy with the Mets. Unfortunately, that yeah, situation that, had to had to fall apart. But I mean, uh, f- former players in recent years probably could do that job well. Yeah. Well, going off of that, like I don't see it. Like uh, his name was in the works in the past for the Indians, but I don't see him being like a Rockies manager. But if he can show that he is with the times and the analytics, what do you think about Jason Giambi? I love it. That actually sounds like a great idea. That because he was uh, he he was uh, uh, he did apply for the Indians job. He was a candidate for that. I could see him being a good manager. I, if he is with the analytic times, I could see him being even a great manager. Yeah, obviously there'd have to be some vetting process, but I think he oh, yeah. he fits the bill of somebody, a former player who might be inclined to be more progressive with. He was around. Yeah, he was around uh, for like the start of the analytics. Hell, he even played for the Athletics during yeah, the time. Did. Yeah, during the time when they were getting analytical with it. So like him playing under like Billy Bean's uh, reign as GM, like he knows at least somewhat of it, I think. But I could see him being a good manager to fit that analytical role. Yeah, yeah, I think it's he's a hot take. But it's no, there. I, I'm yeah, no, I'm with you. There's former players like that. That's a great example. Yeah. All right. Um, how much time we got left? Well, we just passed the like forty two minute mark so wow all right uh so i guess that's all the time we have today there folks uh next week uh we're going to tackle the whole fiasco with the dodgers and red sox trade uh look forward to uh, y'all listening again soon thanks <laughs>